You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Plenty to get to ahead on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. A busy weekend full of BYU sports news that we'll talk about. We also need to talk about the BYU football team in 1942. World War II underway. The last season BYU played before the war concluded. We'll explain what happened during that epic season, including the biggest win probably over Utah in program history, and we'll explain why. Also talking about a Utah hero, a war hero, that coming from the BYU football ranks as well, who has a very famous connection to that 1942 team. So plenty to get to ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you today by our title sponsor, Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Love having them on board. We'll talk more about them later on in today's podcast. All right, without further ado, let's get going here on a Monday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 17th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking some time to join us on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on Locked On Cougars. A reminder for you guys, if you haven't done so already, or if you're just checking us out for the first time, hit that follow button wherever you might be listening in from. That way you never miss an episode. We are here Monday through Friday with you guys, if not more often than that. And our goal here is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans possible. And the way to do that, well, listen to the podcast every day. Real simple format. And a big thank you for your guys' support as always. Getting going here on a Monday, let's start off looking back at BYU football history. We've been doing the 100 seasons of BYU football countdown, and today we talk about 1942. Uh, the season overall, as we'll talk about here in a moment, rather unremarkable in terms of the, the rec overall record, how BYU played, but there were other factors at play. Many of you will recall that 1942 was the first year that the United States of America was fully involved in the global conflict known as World War II. Of course, December 7th, 1941, uh, the Japanese attack at Pearl Harbor. Shortly thereafter, the United States enters the conflict, and obviously, a lot of young men, and older men for that matter, went into the armed services, including BYU football head coach Eddie Kimball. He enlisted in the military after the events of, of Pearl Harbor, and as such, in 1942, he was not the head coach of the BYU football program. 1942 has a few unique features to it with regards to the football season for BYU, one of them being that it was Floyd Millett, who had been an assistant coach under Eddie Kimball. It was his first and only season as the head coach of the BYU football program. So, that is one factor here. The other factor, the one thing that Lloyd Millett will always have, is he will remain undefeated against Utah for all time and whatever you want to term it because he went 1-0 as the head coach of BYU against the University of Utah. Yeah, you heard that right. On their 21st try, over 20 years of hoping, trying, praying, whatever it might be, to beat their brother to the north, the University of Utah, BYU did it in 1942. 
For an example of how tough it had been for BYU the previous 20 years, well, they had been outscored 515-71, to 71, for example. The best result they had been able to muster to that point had been three ties on three separate occasions. BYU was truly the David in this story against the Goliath, which was Utah. But it all changed in 1942. On October 10th, BYU went to the University of Utah playing at Ute Stadium in Salt Lake City and upset the heavily favored Utes 12-7. That was the first win in 21 tries, officially according to BYU's records, that they had won over the University of Utah. As we have talked about on this podcast, in the late 1890s, both programs won three times in six head-to-head matchups. But nonetheless, a monumental day up there on the hill for BYU. There are po- goalposts from that game have been cut into pieces. I have actually held one, one of the goalposts from that first win for BYU over Utah. I've held a little square of it. It was, it was kind of a square brick and kind of a cool thing that BYU was able to do. And it was not without a lot of help from those who were just rooting them on. Eddie Kimball, who, who we mentioned, the BYU head coach who was enlisted in the military, sent the Cougars a telegram from where he was stationed in Coronado, California. That telegram said it's not the size of the dog in the fight it's the size of the fight in the dog that counts best of luck Wayne Soff a former BYU football player in the 1935-1936 season sent a telegram uh, straight to the University of Utah Stadium according to this article it read a team that won't be beaten can't be beaten but the most famous telegram of all of this was the one that came in from Vaughn Kimball who had been a member of the BYU football program in 1941 was considered a guy that could probably challenge to be the starting quarterback in 1942 for BYU but he had enlisted in the military as well he sent a very famous telegram to BYU about this game saying quote Saturday there's one thing more important than the war and that is to beat Utah this accomplishment aid the morale of 20 25,000 alumni and aid the war effort. So give them hell, Brigham. Give them hell. Obviously, there is a podcast my good friends Jeff Hansen and Gary McClintock do that's called Give Him Hell, Bring Him the Podcast. It's a great podcast, but that's where that comes from. We'll talk more about Von Kimball's uh, legendary just telegram, his life, what he did. We'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. But it was a huge, huge win for BYU to get this victory. I think it really... I. Th- Uh, made things okay. So BYU felt like, you know what? We're not always going to lose to Utah. Obviously, we'll talk about in coming episodes, there was still a long run before BYU became the dominant program and really took over when Lavelle Edwards took over at BYU. But BYU got this victory. It was monumental and obviously, uh, I think, was a program-changing win in many ways for the BYU football program. Outside of that win over Utah, there's not a lot to look at from the 1942 season. BYU opened the season fine enough, winning 12-6 in Missoula, Montana over the Grizzlies, the University of Montana. Then they lost to Wyoming and Provo 13-6. They followed that up with that monumental victory over Utah. But apparently that made the season for BYU considering they went on what was a four-game losing streak after that to close out their season. They lost to Fort Douglas in Provo 24-13. Lost to Utah State 9-6 up there in Logan. Then BYU lost to Denver 26-6 and then finished out the year getting absolutely smoked 48-0 by the University of Colorado. The Buffaloes and the Utes tied for the conference crown. Had Utah been able to beat BYU, they would have won the conference crown outright, but BYU played spoiler in that regard as the Utes and the Buffaloes uh, 
were co-conference champions. BYU finished the year 2-5 and five overall, 6th place in the Mountain States Conference. Wyoming was the only team worse than them at 1-5, and five, while BYU was 1-4 and four in conference play. But a pretty rough season all the way around for BYU. And Floyd Millett doesn't have a great record, obviously, at 2-5 and five as a head coach. But he does have one thing and one thing only. He'll have the first ever win for BYU over Utah officially according to BYU records, but pretty monumental that BYU finally got that win after all those years. As I mentioned, they did cut down those goalposts, and they're still floating around. There are people who have them. I held one at the BYU Sports Information Department once upon a time. Just a really cool relic from a really cool time as we look back at these great seasons. Uh, Coming up, we'll talk about tomorrow. We're going to warp speed, move forward till 1946. 1942 was the only season BYU put a football team on the field during the time that the United States was in World War II. When the war concluded in 1945, well, they got right back into football business in 1946, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. But before we round out today's podcast, I do want to talk about the life and legacy of one Von Kimball. We talked about his telegram, the Give Him Hell, Brigham, Give Him Hell. That was an absolutely epic telegram, but this is a guy who needs to be talked about more, and we'll talk about what he means to BYU football and what he did for our country here in just a few moments. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our good friends at Bet Online, guys. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season obviously in full swing. The NBA playoffs are upcoming. The play-in tournament this week. NHL playoffs ongoing. No matter what it is, guys, Bet Online has the answer for you if you want to get in and bet on it. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Check out all of their different bonuses they're offering as well as their contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, guys, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at betonline.ag and receive your 50% welcome bonus courtesy of BetOnline using the promo code LOCKEDON. You heard that right. A 50% welcome bonus. Free money to bet with. It's all courtesy of BetOnline when you make that first deposit and use the promo code LOCKEDON. Take advantage of that now, guys, as BetOnline is available to you guys anytime you need them. That's betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON once again for that 50% welcome bonus. It's all courtesy of our friends at Bet Online, as they are your online sportsbook experts. All right, friends, let's take a minute today on a Monday and talk about an actual war hero, a member of the BYU football fraternity. We already talked about him earlier on in today's show, and that is Vaughn Kimball. Uh, obviously, his telegram will forever live on in the hearts and minds of BYU football fans as it was a part of that epic win for BYU over Utah in 1942. But there is more to his story. I'm going to give a big tip of the cap to Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider as well as co-host of the Give Him Hell Brigham podcast. By the way, if you don't listen to that show in addition to this one, I would encourage you guys to start listening to it. Him and Gary McClintock do a great job. Well, they got their name from the telegram that Von Kimball sent, but Jeff also wrote a very cool article a year ago today about the life and legacy of Von Kimball, and I'm going to use his article as kind of a stepping off point to talk a little bit about Mr. Kimball and his legacy as a member of the BYU football program. Uh, Von Kimball was a standout athlete at both Jordan and Provo High Schools here locally along the Wasatch Front before going 
to BYU. He was a member of the 1941 team for BYU. He was expected to be a guy who competed for playing time, if not be the starting quarterback in 1942. But he did enlist in the Navy shortly after the attack at Pearl Harbor and as such was not a member of the 1942 BYU football program. But obviously forever had that connection with his having played for the Cougars as well as that very famous telegram. Well, Von Kimball went on to serve on the uh, USS Bunker Hill, which was an aircraft dis- uh, not a destroyer, an aircraft carrier that served in World War II. On the morning of May 11th, 1945, so 76 years ago last week, USS Bunker Hill was severely damaged after being attacked by Japanese kamikaze pilots. The USS Bunker Hill had been supporting troops in the invasion of Okinawa when the ship was attacked. The first kamikaze plane emerged from a cloud cover and crashed onto the flight deck. It had dropped a 550-pound bomb during its dive, but that bomb exited through the ship, crazy enough. It actually exploded in the ocean. The second plane did drop its bomb, and it penetrated through the flight deck and exploded inside the ship. Fires were started following the second bomb, as well as several explosions. 346 sailors and airmen were killed in the attack. 43 were missing and missing and never were found. 264 others were wounded. Well, Von Kimball was among those heroes who was killed in that attack there on May 11, 1945. Records show him being as a guy who was buried at sea after the aftermath of this attack. But we need to acknowledge the life and legacy of what Von Kimball did. On the USS Bunker Hill, it fought its way clear across the Pacific. We're talking battles for the Philippine Sea. It was in the Battle of Okinawa, uh, the invasion of Okinawa, pushing the Japanese back and back and back. All these major battles, and Von Kimball was right there on the front lines for all of them. There is some thought, in my opinion, that Von Kimball would have come back to BYU after his war years and probably been a member of the BYU football program once again. Tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to talk about 1946. And for about the next five to six years in BYU football history, there's going to be a significant veteran impact or a lot of veterans who served in the war effort who went back to college obviously and were members of the BYU football program it is my opinion that Von Kimball would have done this uh, had he survived World War II but you know what his legacy is intact he is one of 405,000 Americans and 1,450 Utahns to give their lives in World War II. Uh, he's an absolute legend in every sense of the word. That telegram that he sent it is quoted as seemingly every year the BYU continues to lose to the University of Utah. They're trying to avoid 10 straight losses to the Utes this year. Well, his telegram had an impact as BYU ended a 21-year drought against the Utes. But who's to say that this legacy that Von Kimball left. That telegram cannot be the inspiration for BYU to draw upon at least in part this year as they try and end that drought against Utah and avoid the hashtag 10 is coming. I absolutely think it should be something that BYU should draw upon. This is the thing that Kalani Satake is very big on. I know he does it, but he should do it even more to a higher degree and explain These are gentlemen, speaking of guys like Von Kimball, whose shoulders you stand upon when he speaks to his current teams. There is a long line of BYU football players, administrators, people involved with the program who have left a rich legacy. Some of them bigger than others, obviously. Lavelle Edwards and the like have absolute legend status. Von Kimball, 
absolutely should be a guy that BYU points to because this is a guy, as I mentioned, not necessarily the biggest player on the field for BYU, not the best player, but a guy who is a legend in every sense of the word. I know that BYU is very reticent to build statues on campus. I get it. If they if they weren't so reticent, we'd already see one for Lavelle Edwards outside of Brigham Young University, the stadium there outside of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And I know it holds his name on the stadium, but he still deserves a statue. The other great quarterbacks in BYU history probably have a shout for a statue as well. But it is my opinion that guys like Vaughn Kimball should also have a statue outside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This is an absolutely incredible legacy that he left leaving BYU when he did, serving in the war effort, fighting his way alongside his shipmates, shipmates excuse me, clear across the Pacific, and then lost his life as, as the United States was nearing the end of the conflict. As we mentioned, lost his life on May 11th, 1945. World War II ended just a few months later in August of 1945. VJ Day, Victory Over Japan Day, obviously Victory Over Europe Day came earlier on, but man... When I read about guys like this, it brings tears to my eyes, honestly, because I get emotional about this. I had a grandfather who served in World War II. I've probably mentioned this in the past. James Keith Melville, a guy who taught at BYU for over 40 years after doing his service in the military. But people like this should never be forgotten. So Von Kimball, on this day, May 17th, 2021, just over a week or nearly a week after the 76th anniversary of your passing, May I just say, I tip my cap to you and thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you to your family who shared uh, that service with all BYU fans around the world. And to all of you uh, BYU fans, BYU players, coaches, administrators, whoever it might be who have served in the armed forces, I salute all of you. And I'm not allowed to salute officially because I am not a member of the armed services, but I've got the utmost respect for our military and guys like Von Kimball, just an absolutely marvelous story. And it's fun to recollect on this. And I got to give credit once again to Jeff Hansen. He wrote an absolutely incredible article. I will link it in the show notes. If you'd like to read up on it, he did a great job breaking it down a year ago today on the 75th anniversary. Well, it's now 76 years since Von Kimball's passing. And I think this will kind of be a thing we do fairly regularly talking about Von Kimball, that legacy that he left. Like I said, that telegram is never going to be forgotten and it shouldn't be honestly, it should not be, but obviously there's a lot more to dig into. We'll talk about 1946 on tomorrow's podcast. We'll continue to plod through all of these different BYU teams of the past, but 1942, just a different, different feel to it, especially with the life and legacy as he learned later on about Von Kimball as he went off to serve in the war and ultimately gave the ultimate sacrifice in defense of our country. All right. Well, we will catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news in just a few moments. A lot to get to on that front, letting you guys know what happened over the weekend. Plenty from other BYU sports. We'll get to the more pertinent information here in just a few minutes. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Built Bar Guys. Absolutely love Built Bars. You've heard me talk about them a lot. They have nine base flavors that they offer to all of our listeners. Those include coconut, coconut almond, cherry raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. But in addition to that, they have a number of what they call limited time flavors. They come out every so often. If you don't order them at that time, well, guess what? They go away for a while. It's a great marketing strategy, if I do say so myself. But you want to know what? They are the best tasting protein bars I have ever had, and I mean that sincerely. They taste 
legitimately like a candy bar. I have never craved a protein bar until I had a Built Bar. I want to encourage you guys to give them a shot. You can go to BuiltBar.com, place your order. It's my recommendation if you guys are ordering for the first time. Order Order their variety pack. It has 18 different bars in it, two of each of the nine base flavors. You guys can get a good taste for what you like, what you don't like, and then you can go back and order more. I believe that you guys will enjoy them just as much as I enjoy them. And right now, you can still save 15% on your next order at BuiltBar.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. You heard that right. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Get you 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Take advantage of it now. Enjoy the best tasting protein bar that's anywhere with our good friends at Built Bar. All right, folks, let's get you got up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here on a Monday. It was a busy weekend involving a lot of different BYU sports. Let's start off with a big congratulations to Gordon Eakin and the BYU softball program. They have been entered into their 15th straight NCAA regional, obviously 2020 notwithstanding considering the season was canceled, but BYU will be headed to Tempe, Arizona, where they will face off against Arizona State, the number 15 seed in the NCAA Women's Tournament, as well as Southern Illinois and Virginia Tech. BYU's first round matchup will be Thursday against the Hokies at 5.30 p.m. That game will be televised on ESPN3. Should BYU win, they likely will face off against Arizona State. BYU and the Sun Devils battled twice earlier on this year. BYU losing both games, but did take the Sun Devils into extra innings in the second matchup, going eight innings. Uh, BYU looking to make it just to their second Super Regional all-time if they were to advance. They have never been to the College World Series, but best of luck to BYU as they try and make that run here. Let's also talk a little bit about BYU baseball. They won their series against Pacific out there in Stockton over the weekend, finishing off with a fantastic four-hit shutout outing by Bryce Robeson on the mound. He went 8.2 innings, so pretty much had... Uh, 26 of the 27 outs BYU recorded. He was the pitcher for. Gets the victory 6 to nothing. BYU wins the series. They are now 21-25 and 25 overall. 13-11 and 11 in West Coast Conference play. BYU has four games remaining in the regular season this week. All of them at home. Hosting Utah tomorrow as well as a three-game set against Pepperdine this weekend. If BYU were to sweep all four of them, they would make it to 500 overall in the season. Fingers crossed they're able to accomplish that. would be really, really cool to see them. They really found their stride recently. Guys like Andrew Pintar have been absolutely marvelous for BYU and hoping to see them make another good week, a good run this week for the BYU baseball program. All right, let's a little talk a little bit about track and field. Two major things this weekend for BYU in their last regular season meet. Whitney Orton, the All-American herself, an Olympic hopeful, she shattered the school record in the 5,000 meters with an NCAA best 15 minutes, 12.91 second run. It smashed the school record by over 25 seconds, folks. That is absolutely phenomenal. Congratulations to Whitney Orton. She is an all-time legend at BYU track. If you have not been paying attention to what she has been doing, it's absolutely marvelous. It's the seventh fastest outdoor 5,000 meters run in NCAA history. Like I mentioned, she smashed the record by more than 25 seconds. It was actually set just back in 2019 by Erica Burke Jarvis. Uh, just incredible. Also, congratulations to Connor Mance on the men's side of things. He ran the fastest 10,000 meters in the nation so far this year in a time of 27, four, 27 minutes, 41.16 seconds. Really cool to see that. He also has hopes of maybe making it to the Olympics this summer in Tokyo. But best of luck to both of them. Marvelous, marvelous numbers all the way around for BYU track and field as they look now towards the postseason. 
Other notes for you guys include Michaela Coolahan, BYU's leading goal scorer. She was named a first-team All-American by the United Soccer Coaches team that was announced earlier last week. Uh, obviously, congratulations to her as the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. Also, a semifinalist for prestigious Mac Herman Trophy. Both of them are coming for her in consecutive years, both in 2019 as well as 2020. Really, really cool to see her. She just absolutely has been a marvelous player for the BYU Women's Soccer Program. A legend, uh, was drafted last year in the NWSL. We'll see what happens for her moving forward, but obviously an All-American citation is very, very deserved for Michaela Coolahan. 11 goals last season, leading the WCC, added five assists for conference best 27 points. Man, just... There are a lot of legends on the BYU campus right now in a lot of different sports, but really, really cool to see Michaela Coolahan getting her due. Other notes today include Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. He is signed with an Italian club to continue his playing career. He's signed with A.S. Volley Lube. I hope I pronounced that correctly. It might be Luba. It's over in Italy. Uh, Volleyball in Europe is absolutely massive. I think it should come to the United States as a sport that I think people would latch on to. But nonetheless, best of luck to Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. He'll be playing in Italy professionally, making money playing the sport he loves. And it's my opinion he's going to make a lot of money and play for a long time, barring something significant happening to him. I think it's a well-deserved honor for him and best of luck to him as he continues his playing career moving forward. All right, I believe that is it for today. Hope you guys are all doing great. Oh, one other note for you guys. Uh, BYU men's golf. Carson Lundell will represent BYU in the NCAA regionals. He'll participate in the Washington regional up there at Tumble Creek Club in Seattle, Washington. University of Washington hosting that regional. Lundell hoping to make it to the NCAA championships as an individual. Best of luck to him over the next three days as those regionals play out. NCAA tournament the final would begin next week if he were to make it as an individual and fingers crossed he gets that opportunity to do so all right that's it big thank you once again for you guys support of the podcast hope you guys are all doing great here on a monday plenty more as we go throughout this week looking back at byu football throughout the years 1946 tomorrow we're gonna be in the 1950s by next week folks think about that we have started way back in 1896 and quickly we're gonna make it to the midway point of the night of the 20th century Excuse me. We talked about the 19th century. We're going to be in the midway point of the 20th century. It'd be crazy to think that we've been going that long, but we still got plenty more to go. We've got almost 70 years beyond that to talk about. But nonetheless, stay with us all week long. Have some fun interviews we're lining up as well with other BYU media members to talk about BYU football, BYU basketball, and just kind of their overall thoughts on the Cougars. We'll get to that later in the week. So stay with us every single day as we talk all things Cougars. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you'd like to follow me there, is Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, if you'd like to reach out via email, our email address for the podcast is LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. All right, until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 17th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys manana. Manana.